Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan, Season 2. This podcast explores an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Here in Season 2, we take things up a notch and dig deeper into the skills needed to connect with the energy around you. You can join me on Patreon for ways to stay connected and in tune to the universe. And we can stay connected when you follow me on Patreon or social media. Links in the bio. Merry meet all. moment I would like to acknowledge that I, like most of us, stand upon stolen land, land that belongs to the original stewards and natives of this space. Please pause to acknowledge, with gratitude, the sacrificed by and the cost to the people of these First Nations, past, present, and future. These words are in honor of their role as the first spiritual caretakers of the land, And in my pagan path, my hope is to continue their dedication to the survival and renewal of our planet and its creatures. It is a promise to plant seeds of healing in the wake of the destruction my ancestors have caused. As above, so below, so mote it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to support local native tribes. I encourage you to look into similar rent programs in your area and participate if you are financially able. Fire, born of heat and air, a small spark, a little breath, and a flame is born. An element always precariously balancing the scales. A cozy warmth that is always on the precipice of danger, of losing control. Fire is both chaos and refrain. It is the warm comfort on a cold night and the heat that burns. A flickering candle, a crackling flame. It is love and passion and the dying embers of a well-kindled bonfire. It is the spark of life and the rage of the soul. It can give and sustain life as quickly as it leaps into an arc of destruction, ravaging, unknowing what it destroys, ever growing and taking. Often called the gift to man, fire existed before and without man, in the depths of the earth, burning, melting, and reforming the land we stand upon. Like all elements, fire is the beginning and the end. It is there as life enters us, giving spark to our eyes and bellows to our laughter. It is the heat in our exchanges, the passion in our love. It lives within us as much as it exists outside of us. We are the elements, and in our quiet core, we have always known this. Fire, like air, has its roots in our most basic philosophies of this world. Dating back prior to even Aristotle, fire has long been considered an essential element. In fact, Heraclitus believed that fire gave rise to the other three elements through a series of transformations he called 
the turning of fire. Heraclite is considered the soul to be comprised of both fire and water elements, with fire being the more noble of the two, believing that the goal was to make one's soul pure fire. Later, of course, Aristotle looked more towards nature and his concept of sublunary spheres, of which fire is a cosmic sphere that surrounds our planet. Fire is described by Aristotle as a hot and dry element corresponding to yellow bile, the summer season, and to the easterly direction and the masculine. This element also appears in the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. And just to be clear, this is not the same Golden Dawn that is seeing rise in Greece right now. I can find no connection other than name, but just wanted to be clear. Now, the Hermetic Order, of course, also assigns some additional correspondences here, such as a wand as the tool and mystical elements such as salamanders. The Archangel for Fire is Michael and the Angel Aurel. It is considered an active element of passion, conversion, and transformation, which are the attributes also given to the fire signs that rise in the constellations of Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. The Enochian system of magic, which is a basis for the Kermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, incorporates fire as one of the watchtowers, as well as an elemental guardian. When you hear a circle cast that invokes the watchtowers or the guardians, it's delving into the Enochian history of that ceremony. This tradition can also be seen in variation through Gardinian Wicca. Now, keep in mind, these interpretations of the elements are through the beginnings of the occult practice, an offshoot of the Christian mysticism that includes groups like the Hermetic Order, the Rosicrucians, the Freemasons, and famous names such as Aleister Crowley. These are the roots of what would become Gardinian Wicca, and later made more famous through Gerald Gardner, Doreen Valenti, and the New Forest Coven. The next wave of spiritualists would include the likes of Raymond Buckland, Scott Cunningham, and Silver Ravenwolf, all of which would usher in Wicca into its more current form. But remember, paganism predates the rise of Christianity, and pagan interpretations were much more specific to culture. Gaelic, Celtic, Viking, Druidic all have very specific tie-ins to the elements based on their native spaces and experiences. These are some of the religions that are native to Northern Europe prior to the rise of the church, where many celebrations were incorporated because the majority of people didn't want to give up their traditions. So what easier way to convert them than to let them keep their traditions just under a new name and guise? With this, I want to reiterate and stress that the element of fire is used in so many traditions and cultures, consistently making an appearance as the focus of celebrations whether through lighting candles or bonfires, or even in these modern days, twinkle lights on a tree. In Hindu and Vedic cultures, fire appears in the deity in three different forms, fire, lightning, and the sun. Native and pagan celebrations often focus around fire, whether it is the marking the rising of, or setting of the sun, a community bonfire, relighting of a winter fire, the passing down of a flame, or the tradition of standing vigil in the long night. This use of light and fire has deep meanings in cultures around the world, another way that we are all connected. In my personal practice, fire is the spark of life. Air is the beginning, the womb. Without it, fire cannot exist. But fire is the spark of life, that which gives us a heartbeat, a drive, a purpose. This element challenges us, it pushes us, it inspires and moves us, whether a gentle flame or a roaring fire we all have an internal flame that burns under our skin. 
For some of us, it is the gentle push of love and comfort or creativity. For others, it is a burning rage that sweeps through us. Either way, it is so important to understand your internal fire, how it works for and against you, how it works with the flame that dances inside others. Once you can understand your own fire, you can learn how to tap into that energy, fuel for your magic. Fire serves as both a gentle reminder and a cleansing tool. It is the candles at the end of a long day. It is the flame on the stove as we cook. It is the warmth as muscles give way under its demands. It is the heartbeat. It can be used to burn away unwanted energy, transforming it into ash and heat. It is a catalyst to bring energy together, a melting pot. So much can be forged in fire and cleansed by flame. Let's start with a meditation. Settle yourself. A candle or flame of some sort is optional, but very helpful here. Often, being able to observe the element in our tactile world provides an easy gateway for visualizing it in our meditative and astral spaces. Once settled, eyes drifting to the flame. Begin to watch it move and dance. Observe its color. Can you feel its warmth? Even if it is a small flame, can you still your world and be somewhat close enough to feel the heat that it emits? Now begin to tune in to your breath. Much like the meditation on air, this is about turning inwards. As you turn inward, begin to focus on the energy present just underneath the breath. It is the energy that moves you through the day, stirs you, excites you, and it's okay if this energy isn't active or moving much right now. It can be calm and solid and warm, just like the flame in front of you. We often notice our fire energy when it's frenetic. We notice it when it begins to burn hot inside of us. But what if we started to tune into its quiet comfort as well? So here in this moment, focus your mind beneath the breath to the energy potential that sits within your muscles. Let that energy begin to shift into a visualization of your internal flame, your internal energy spark. Let it tell you its color, its shape and size. Let it move as it wants. Lean into the visualization and the sensation of your own energy potential. See how long you can hold and work with that energy manifestation, moving it throughout your body. What does it feel like to energize your shoulder or your foot? Practice, because this energy you feel is just the beginning of that untapped power that lies within us all. Continue to reach, to listen, and to visualize until it becomes second nature to feel this energy within yourself. And as always, this may take some time, some patience, and a whole lot of listening. Go back to the basics if need be, and practice, practice, practice. 
because this energy you feel is just the beginning of that untapped power that lies within us all. For this energy work, you will want a candle or flame of some sort. An exposed flame is easiest, but for this, as long as you can see the fire itself, any flame should do. Please be sure you're doing this safely. You don't want anything to catch fire. You know the drill. Safety first. Once you are comfortable, the gentle glow of your candle within your eye line, take a few deep breaths. Releasing tension and any excess energy that might be sitting on the surface. We must learn stillness in order to sense energy. Once you have settled into a pool of gentle calm, let your eyes drift to the flame of the candle. Let your eyes relax. If you are in a darker space, as you do this, you will begin to see the echoes of the light as it radiates off the hot, burning center of the wick. Notice those layers of energy, how the atoms buzz so close together, electrons hopping around, generating light and heat, color and shape, even motion as it dances and moves with the air around it. This is the science of energy in plain light. Let your eyes pay attention to the radiance as the energy wavers and moves away from the glowing center, each layer a bit dimmer than the last, more translucent and shimmery, wavering heat mirages as it moves and dances away from the wick of the candle. Let your mind sit here. Slowly, raise your hands until you can just begin to feel the gentle heat of the flame. You want to find the outer edges of that heat, far away from the visible warmth. And then, slowly, continue to let your hands back away from this invisible energy field the heat is creating, as it radiates past the range of light. As you safely do this, let your energy that you worked with in the meditation section let it begin to reach out, pushing and extending from your hands, gently touching and interacting with the heat energy radiating from the fire. At first, your energy may really have to work at this, or you may have to be physically a bit close to the heat. However, over time, the goal is to be able to sense the energy from a distance by reaching out and tuning in with your own energy. This takes work and practice to hone, so start small and close. Observing the delicate and slow sensations of the heat radiating towards you, what happens when you push some of your energy away from you and into this heat sphere? Does it affect the flame? What happens when you visualize that heat energy instead drawing into your fingertips and weaving its way up your hand and into your arm? Can you feel your energy shifting in response? When you are ready, begin to feel how you might combine the two energies, the interior and the exterior, having them fuel each other as you begin to visualize a circle of fire. Much like our circle of air, the presence of fire in our circle casting creates a boundary as we invite this element into our space. As you feel ready, you will want to practice bringing forth both your air and fire circles, 
building and deepening the visualization until it becomes second thought. As you build your fire sphere, consider the type of fire it contains. Is it a raging fire or a small candlelit fire that circles you with a warm glow? Maybe it's a different kind of fire depending on the spell work, depending on the day. Spend time here on these techniques. These aren't skills you master in a day. They are a lifetime of practice. They are touchstones that you can return to consistently as the world and the seasons shift around us. This week, as you pull out a pen and paper to journal, turn your thoughts and words to reconsidering the element of fire. Now that you've worked with your own inner fire energy and that of a smaller flame, consider how this element lives both within us and without us. This element can have a powerful dynamic for some, especially as wildfires rage through a number of communities here in the U.S. and around the world. Use these pages to explore your relationship with fire. Thinking back to your first memory of this element, place yourself there in those moments and allow yourself to remember. Moving forward in time as you truly process your memories and relationship with this element. Then shift your words to your internal fire and let it speak for a moment. Bringing the elements into your daily practice always feels a bit daunting, but I encourage you to look at all the ways these elements show up naturally in our lives. Yes, a candle is a very easy connection to fire. However, as you move through the day, consider how fire plays deep, intrinsic roles in our lives. In summer, the heat of a celestial fire lights our days, providing times to bask in the warmth of its rays. In the winter, the long nights have us leaning into earthly flames as we warm our bodies, hearts, and souls in the cold nights. Consider the fire of the soul, the gentle love, the deep passions, but also the simple pleasures in life, that of a warm beverage or a cooked meal or a hot shower. When it comes to your altar, let's be clear, it's not practical to have a candle lit at all times. It's just not safe to leave fire unattended. With that in mind, it's key to look at other representations and connections to fire. For my altar, it's a combination of candles, which are unlit unless I'm using them, as well as small trinkets that personally speak to me as representations of fire. This might be figurines, gems, artwork, fabric, ribbons, sigils, or symbols, truly anything that stirs that fire energy with you. I also find a great way to connect with fire on the daily is to find your mood lighting. While this can be achieved with electricity, consider how you might use candles, or at least the warm tones of older light bulbs, to create this feeling. The sensation of being in spaces lit by firelight speaks to a deep, ancestral part of us. Try it. Find your mood lighting. See how that changes your energy. It's a twofold call to action this week. First and foremost, vote. Vote, vote, vote. Do it. Even if it's a long line, it's so important. And consider how you can vote in solidarity with your beliefs. 
Paganism calls that we pay attention to the environment and social issues, focusing on caretaking a sustainable planet and creating a world that is safe for everyone, no matter your sexual orientation, religion, or race. Then, once your ballot has been cast, your call to action this week is to put down your device, turn off the TV, and revel in some natural lighting. Whether it is the daylight streaming through the windows or some soft candlelight during dinner, consider how you can bring more fire into your life. And lastly, this is a bonus action. If you have the means, consider donating to communities hardest hit by climate fires in California, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, and other communities around the world. Sawin blessings all. May this coming turn of the seasons let you release that which burdens you and bring you blessings in return. I love this season. The fall crisp air and the change all around us. Impermanence. This Sawin falls on a full moon, a rare night. A full moon, a tidal wave of energy at our disposal on a night when the veils weigh thin. A rare night. Where the energy we release will reverberate throughout the planes, physical, astral, spiritual. It is a time to make waves, to plant seeds, to bring about change. So consider conjuring tonight. Conjuring the world we all dream could be. So Wayne asks us to look back on our ancestors, and this year, given our social unrest, given that it is a path that our ancestors carved that brings us to today, it is a good year, as any year, to think on your own ancestors and consider their part in the way of things. For those of us as privileged, and let's be clear, it's mostly a white privilege, to know where our ancestors derive, it's important to remove the rosy lens through which we are taught to interpret and experience our history. It can be a brutal reckoning to understand the part our blood has played, for good, for evil, for being the bystander, and where things stand today. Then, in that knowledge, I want to challenge us, you and me, to always do and be better to begin to write a history so that our legacy speaks above theirs. We cannot erase the wrongs of the past, but we can learn and grow and strive to make change that is good for everyone. For some, the presence of loss weighs heavy on this holy day. I know this year that speaks true for me and mine. However, I want to encourage those not to let loss overcome this celebration of life. It is not a marking of sadness, but an appreciation of what was given, of the impact. It is a time to make peace and find resolution. Set a place at the table, and in silence, you might find that the memories come, and in those memories, their presence and love. As the veil thins tonight and the boundaries waver, let your energy feel their energy, because it never leaves. It only transforms. This High Holy Day marks the turn of the pagan new year and a time for us to shed that which we no longer want to carry and begin to dream of the year to come. It is the moment of transition from one life, one year, one season to the next. The passing of the torch, the pause before the breath. It is a moment to let this fire celebration burn through that which we no longer want, cleansing us leaving us barren and clean, an empty husk that will cocoon, healing, pausing, dreaming 
until the spring. What will you be releasing this sewing? Hey listeners, I want to send some good energy to Patreons Leanne, Mike, Holly, Sarah, and Jackie who dropped me a virtual tip on Patreon. Thank you, thank you, and thank you to all of you listeners and patrons. I had a great question hit my inbox the other day and wanted to share it with all of you. The listener asks, what's the difference between elements and elementals? The easy answer to this question is the elements are as you think, earth, air, fire, water. Elementals are believed to be manifestations of the elements, a theory found in the work of Periclesis. You hear me reference guardians of the watchtowers in the past two episodes, and many believe the elementals are the guardians. Elementals are also described through the Hermetic Order as the creatures associated with an element, such as sylphs and salamanders. Now that being said, elementals have also been interpreted to embody more specific manifestations of the elements, such as oceans, rivers, mountains, etc. Elementals and the Fae are two concepts you will find within the world of the occult and various pagan and witchcraft practices, and much like other traditions look to the spirit of a place, the elementals serve as a connection between the physical plane and the mystical planes. That all being said, it falls under the take it or leave it category for me. Not all practitioners involved or believe in the elementals, and those that do often do not interact because there is a belief that they are a bit of a be careful what you wish for exchange. There are a slim few of us who work directly with the elementals, but that is a very personal choice that is truly up to you and how you shape your beliefs. Thanks for that question. Hey, have you requested to join the listeners group on Facebook but haven't been accepted? Please be sure to accept the group rules. They are in place to make sure we agree to respectful and helpful discourse. And please reach out if you are having any issues. For those that are in the listener group, please speak up and share your journey. Let's be a positive community for everyone to lean into during these strange times. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Pragmatic Pagan. Find this podcast helpful? Then please consider sharing this resource with others. As always, please reach out with any questions or stories you are willing to share and stay connected by joining me on Patreon or on social media. Links are in the bio. Oh, and don't forget, by following me for free on Patreon, you get access to podcast transcripts and other great free content. Thank you for listening. Until next time, Merry meet, merry part, until we merry meet again. Mm-hmm.